Get up, Flyer fans. It's the show just for you. Flyer Feedback, presented by Bud Light and live from the WHIO studios. Flyer Feedback is brought to you by Bud Light. Here's to the beer you can always count on. And by Flyer Spirit, the university-owned student staff destination for Dayton Flyers gear. Hashtag Flyer Spirit. Call in with your comments or questions, 457-1290. Flyer feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Now, here are your hosts, John Bedell and John Tistel. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the party booth. I'm John Bedell. He's John Tisdell. The streak is over. It's a win away from UD Arena. You know what that means. Can you dig it? <laughs> From Foggy Bottom, a winner for the first time since 2009. And we mm-hmm. got to play some Cyrus because this team's learning to win on the road. Mm-hmm. Also, Tizzy, yes. what, as you were mentioning before we came out in the air in the hallway, uh, what should Flyer fans do tonight? Uh, they can back off, <laughs> jumping off the Stewart Street Bridge. Tonight. Back away! Back away the from bridge. the Stewart Street Bridge! Back away! Step back! Step back! Relax. Everything's fine. It's and, a win. And shouts to everybody who wanted to cut Jordan Davis. You dopes. <laughs> 25 points from Jordan Davis tonight. Is that right up there with a the guy that thought that Jalen Crutcher couldn't play in the... Wait, uh, <laughs> shouts to Dave and Dayton. We're not going to let him... Or Tom and Dayton. I think it was Tom and Dayton. Tom for Dayton. That's yeah, he doesn't pass the eye test and he can't play in the A-10. No. Okay. Okay, Tom. <laughs> okay, thank you, Tom for Dayton. <laughs> He's going to eat crow all season. Yes, that, that's uh, true. 457 1291. I hear from you. Scorched Earth. Hey, Dayton winner tonight, 72 66. Yes. Tiz, let's uh, make no bones about it. It oh. was as putrid a start as you oh, could it was bad. ever hope to see. It was bad. For the Flyers. They were in a 22 point hole before they knew mm-hmm. what was going on. So quick it was making their heads spin. <laughs> Made yeah, some lineup bad. changes, switched out of that zone, and commenced a comeback in. And Dayton just storms back, Tizzy, 72. 66. I was thinking it, it as, as we mentioned in the Bud Light post game show, it it was not just shades of the 2017 game um, at Foggy Bottom. It was as if somebody it was a carbon had copy. popped in the DVD of Hey, who put in the DVD of the 2017 game? Mm-hmm. Um, well, they start six to six from beyond the arc. I they, mean, on fire yeah. tis against that flyer zone to start. Yeah. Larry Hanskin tweeted this out. George Washington hit their first six three point attempts. To finish the game, they were 421 after that. So live by the three, die by the three. Uh, that's saying, of course, courtesy of those who believe in Patino Ball, University of Kentucky. Um, no, but uh, listen, um, look, GW, the Smith Center, has just been a house of horrors just for years. Uh, if anyone yeah, three and eleven there all time, yeah, Four and they, they now. have never played well there. They, they just it goes back to even the beginning stages of the A10 when UD was trying to get things going after the great Midwest and when Oliver Purnell first came here and they had to deal with Shantae Rogers, Igor Mosherikov, Mike King, Sir Valiant Brown. I could go on and on going back to the days when I was at UD. And then you have Pop Spencer Bonsu and Carl Hobbs, <clears throat> the six uh, six guys on the court game, which happened not once but twice. But no, in all seriousness, it just it, it just felt the scene was just snake bitten there. I mean, David Jablonski pointed this out March 5th, 2011. Um, Tony Taylor hits two free throws at 10 seconds to play. Colonials beat Dayton 60-58. March 2013, GW beats Dayton 81-80 in an Isaiah Armwood uh, putback slam with two seconds left in overtime. This one was the killer for us. February 2015, Joe McDonald's last-second rebound putback 
after Keith and Savage shot, beat Dayton 65-64. And then, of course, we talked about the March 2017 game where the Colonials hit nine shots and they win 87-81. This was after Dayton won the 8-10 regular season title game against VCU. And then tonight, again, nine for nine, make their first six three-pointers. And I thought, again, I give uh, we, we talked about this during the Bud Light uh, postgame show. Anthony Grant alluded to this. He made some lineup changes, and the young guys stepped up. Dwayne Cohill, Frankie Policelli, especially when the starters, they didn't they didn't have it to start. Josh Cunningham struggled tonight. You told me Josh Cunningham's going to have six points. L, loss. Didn't happen. Give this team a lot of credit. They showed some major onions to go on the road. They get down on the road, down 22 points. They come back, and they get a point, 72-66. But it's an even bigger win if they can build off this win. That just makes yeah. it even bigger for me. And that's the thing, is that one of the big one of the big maturation process points for this team is learning how to win on the road. They were, let's just call a spade a spade, Tiz. They were abysmal on the road last year, particularly in conference. They went 1-8 and eight They're awful. on the road in A-10 play last year. Your only win on the road period, all of last year, happened to come in conference play. It was against the putrid Richmond team. Uh, and now here you are, one for one already. We, we talked about how historically this this program has a tremendous home court advantage, and that's fine. But the elite teams in this conference, even in bad down A-10 like this year, if you want to win conference titles, Tiz, you got to learn how to win on the road. And mm-hmm. it, is, it is difficult. We've established that. But particularly in this edition of the Atlantic 10 that is so, so bad at the bottom. Oh, yeah. And really from five or six down, it's, as we've mentioned on this show many times this year, the 2013-14 Atlantic 10 is not walking through the door. And at this point no. here on January 9th, make no mistake about it, this conference has one bid written all over it. Absolutely. Because everybody has been close to building an at-large resume, but we're not playing horseshoes or hand grenades. We're playing basketball, and close mm-hmm. doesn't cut it. And VCU, close, but not. St. Louis, eh, close, still no. Dayton missed all their opportunities they had in the non-conference. You'd like to, you would have liked to have left, as we mentioned a few weeks ago, the non-conference was something besides a Butler win on your resume, but that's in the past. We're over and done with that. Uh, but particularly in a conference that, that is as down like this, you've got to go and you got to take care of business, Tiz, against the Colonials team that is Ken Palm 242. Their net is 255, even worse. Uh, so the metrics, as we look at those, this is just not a GW team. Now, they've had their struggles. They, they started very slow this year. They've rebounded and are playing better. But this is a Colonials team you have to take care of. And I'll give this program credit for going into Foggy Bottom and ending one of those just historically, if you're a Flyers fan, mind-boggling streaks that for whatever reason, places mm-hmm. like Kingston and Amherst and Foggy Bottom and Hawk Hill have been bugaboos for this program. Nightmares. And they're able to get the monkey off the back tonight and go there and after a putrid start, rebound and come storming back for a six-point win, 72-66. And to start off the year with a win uh, in their first road game in A-10 play. Just huge. Just huge as you're getting ready, as you get ready. Now, now the focus is now on UMass that beat Dayton twice last year, and Dayton's got to take care of business against the Minutemen. Then you got to go to VCU, and then you got St. Bonaventure. So, busy week upcoming for the Flyers. We're going to talk about that uh, as the program continues. You can call us up 457 1290. You can tweet us. We got Dick, John, and Ethan hanging on the phones. Guys, we'll get to you after the break. But right now, Dayton winner 72 66, John Bedell, John Tisdale, and you here for Flyer Feedback. It continues after we take a break and pay some bills right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. 
Now the three big things you need to know. The top stories we're following this hour. A father in trouble with cops after he crashes his new car in a parking lot with his kids inside. The president and Democrats make no progress at all toward ending the partial government shutdown. And some more snow in the forecast for the Miami Valley. You're never more than 15 minutes from Dayton's top stories. I'm Dave Daniels, WHIO Continuing News. Hello, it is I, thine king. Today, I speaketh on behalf of Bud Light and the most sacred of traditions, the tailgate. In my days as a collegiate liege, I hosted the very first tailgate in Yon Woods. We didn't have coolers or sports. We were basically just in the woods. But we had Bud Light, so a tailgate it was. Anyway, I invite you to continue my legacy and enjoy Bud Light courtesy of me at your tailgate. Also courtesy of me. Dilly dilly. Enjoy responsibly Bud Light Beer, AB St. Louis, Missouri. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Call with your questions and comments now at 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into our Dayton studios. John Bedell, John Tisdale, and you, Flyers fans, here after uh, Dayton wins 72-66. This is Flyer Feedback live from our Dayton studios. It's a place where we don't do not tweet no. recruits no, 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 just no. don't hashtag the more you know Dayton now is on a five-game win streak for the first time since it won tis nine in a row back in the aforementioned february and march of 2017 when they won nine straight that was a streak that was ironically ended by this very gw colonials team and that mm-hmm. loss that we mentioned earlier as yes. they lost three straight after clinching the atlantic 10 yep. regular season title mm-hmm. uh, they lost three straight to close out the yep. Archie Miller era at, at GW, Davidson in the A-10 tournament, and then the Wichita State loss in Indianapolis, a game that I was there for, and boy, that was a depressing St. Patrick's Day. But hey, we're not talking about them. We're talking about no, no, now no, no, and Dayton no, no, winner. No. As I mentioned, five in a row for the first time since March of 2017. And not bad. Getting the uh, foggy bottom bugaboo out of the way. Dayton now leads the all-time series between these two teams 18 to 17. Tis just give you an indication of historically it's felt like a close series. Yeah, and the numbers show us it is. Mm-hmm. It is exactly right. Heck of a comeback. <laughs> Terrible start. Great uh, comeback. Ends of the win. Jordan Davis, uh, tremendous, tremendous. Uh, just putting the team on his back today. Twenty-five points, three steals uh, to lead. Did he lead all scores? He definitely led he the Flyers. Definitely. Led, I think he led all scores. He led I all think. scores with twenty-five. GW's uh, Williams had twenty. So yeah, Jordan Davis pacing everybody to lead the Flyers to this right. seventy-two. 66 win. I, I thought uh, Anthony Grant uh, mentioned this during, when he talked with Larry Hanskin. The one thing he mentioned, the defense certainly was a lot better as the game went along. Uh, GW's leading score, I think, was uh, was Williams. I think I think he had uh, 20 points. 20. 9 of 17, though. So he had to work for the for each and every one of those 20 points. And then, again, they started out 6 for 6 from 3. And they went 4 of 21, I think, to, to end the game. So... And Larry mentioned it also when he talked with Anthony Gant. Three steals that ignited the team, and then just some just money three-pointers, seven of 11 from beyond the arc, 25 points. Trey Landers with uh, 12 points and uh, seven rebounds. And Jalen Crutcher, eight points. Give him credit. 4-4 four, four from the line. You want to talk about major onions right there? From the line, just, just absolutely calmly making free throws. Did that in the Georgia Southern game and did this on the road in GW. So Jalen starting to 
get a little bit starting to be money at the line a little bit as we head to, to, to uh, the final seconds of these games. You can call us up on the phones at 457-1290. We're going to go to the hotline right now. He's a guy. He's one of the guys still working in Washington tonight. Is David Jablonski. Jabo, how you doing, brother? Hey, John. How are you doing? I'm well. Good after this I'm, win. Uh, Quite a comeback for the Flyers. About as, about as terrible as a start as you could ever hope to see, uh, Jabo. But the first thing I want to ask you about is that comeback. What would you make of the effort to dig out of that tremendous hole they got themselves into. Yeah, I thought they would rally. We've seen them rally a number of times uh, after slow starts, but I didn't really think they'd be able to complete the comeback. We haven't seen them do that, especially from uh, 22 down, and then they you know, cut it to 10 and immediately go back down 17 early in the second half. So that was a pretty big hole. Uh, I thought maybe they'd you know, get within six. I thought it'd be a lot like the last game here two years ago where Dayton you know, saw GW hit the first nine shots and got within about six or maybe four, but never really could complete the comeback. But, uh, hey, they still, says a lot about the team that uh, they were able to do it and uh, win at GW for the first time since 2009. Yeah, you're. Uh, I would encourage people to – it's probably easy to read after this win to go back and look at your storied history of uh, <laughs> of the series at, at GW on Twitter. <laughs> What's that? The tortured history of eight Yes, years. that's <laughs> right. Um, but it, it is an important step, Jabo, because this team's uh, road and neutral site troubles are well-documented in the last season and a half. Uh, but I, I mean, I think a big maturation step that this team has to take is learning how to win on the road, and you can't be upset with with them doing so tonight and starting off one and zero on the road after going one and eight last year in conference play, and that was their only road win of the season. Yeah, they did win their second road game last year. I think they were lost at Duquesne and then won at Richmond, uh, and then lost what the last seven. But uh, yeah, they have, they have to win on the road. We think. I mean, a lot of people think they could go undefeated at home. UD Arena is such a big advantage. Um, you know, the team is coming in there. There's a real good chance Dayton could win all nine of them. And then you really only have to win at least half of your road games to have a chance for one of the top four seeds. Uh, but uh, there's certainly going to be hard, more difficult road games ahead. GW not exactly uh, the best of the conference, even if they did beat St. Joseph's in their last game. I mean, this was a team picked 13 out of 14 teams. So, yeah, lest we forget. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's, let's not forget that. <laughs> And uh, they definitely played like that for the last 35 minutes or so. And and Jabo, the much maligned Jordan Davis, uh, a lot of Flyer fans have been unhappy with him and, you know, kind of had it out for him lately. But uh, the kid's a shooter. He keeps shooting. He's got confidence. And he saved their behind tonight with 25 points and three steals. All three of those led to points. Uh, as Anthony Grant called it in his postgame comments with Larry uh, here tonight on WHIO Radio, the reemergence of Jordan Davis. Quite a game for him tonight. Yeah, they really needed that. Uh, they really struggled from the from long range. Everybody lately, Jalen Crutcher had been their most consistent uh, three point shooter for all season. Uh, he's struggling. Uh, Mike Sell was pretty good early. He's struggling. Uh, you know, Davis has been on and off. Uh, but they just took Josh Cunningham into a lesser degree. Obi topping out of the game. I mean, Cunningham had what one field goal attempt, maybe. You know, have any in the first half? That's I've never seen that. He did have 13 rebounds. And he got to the free throw line a few times. But uh, every time he got the ball, they swarmed him with two or three guys. So somebody had to hit the shots on the outside, and it was Jordan Davis. One thing also that Anthony Grant mentioned to Larry Hanskin, Jabba, was the young players coming off the bench to help with this team, such as Frankie Policelli and Dwayne Cohill. I think you even tweeted this out, and I think I retweeted it. At one point when Dayton was down, I think 33-16, those two combined, Dave, they had eight of Dayton's 16 points. We talk about sparking this team. Those two really came off the bench, Policelli and Cohill, and really helped this team when they were struggling in the first half, right? Yeah, for the the big, I mean, wasn't the big comeback, but the the first comeback where they, you know, halted that uh, array of shots by GW 
uh, Cunningham, Landers, and I think Jordan Davis were all on the bench. And, right. Uh, it was those two freshmen, along with some of the other guys, uh, who you know, had a couple nice baskets. Uh, Frankie hit a three. Uh, I don't think either of them played in the second half, but uh, that was a key moment in the game that they were able to contribute and uh, get Dayton uh, a little bit of hope when it looked like they might lose by 50. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, and, and that was the other thing was that they were able to get the deficit down to around 10 points. I know that's something that Larry and Brooks alluded to uh, during the broadcast there, guys. So did anybody panic on Twitter? I didn't really get to follow. Uh, oh, yeah. We, oh, had, yeah, we had to tell everybody to back up off the uh, Stewart Street Bridge. They were yep. all wanting to jump and let's fire and cut everybody. It was uh, Twitter was burning to the ground mm-hmm. in the first 10 minutes job. Old takes. I saw everybody got fired at some point in one of my uh, – Yes. Somebody replied to one of my tweets. Yeah, it was um, uh, it was yeah. bad. That's going to happen, though. You know, you'll have that, as for. they say. That's what Twitter is for. That's what Twitter is mm-hmm. for. Ten deep breaths, everybody. More rational uh, viewpoints later on. <laughs> Twitter's for things like Jordan uh, Jalen Crutcher doesn't pass the eye test. That's that's what Twitter's for. Yeah, no, that's also for uh, for post game shows. <laughs> that's for the that's right. That's little, exactly uh, right. We don't know what that's for, but hey, uh, David Jablonski, seventy percent of the earth is covered by water. The other, the rest of it's covered by Jabo. Uh, Dave, we appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate you stopping by tonight and giving us uh, some of your expertise and safe travels home. All right, see you guys. Hey, thanks, right, thanks Jabba. Jabba. David Jablonski, our friend and coworker from the Dayton Daily News, doing a great job as always on Absolutely. the Dayton beat, uh, covering the Flyers like nobody's business and checking in from Foggy Bottom before he uh, catches a flight home uh, to Ohio mm. after covering UD, and he'll turn around and. Uh, cover the UMass game on Sunday afternoon at 3.30, Tizzy. That's right. Uh, pre-game coverage of that one begins at 2.30, live from Flanagan's. Tip-off for that one against UMass is at uh, 3.30. We're about maybe, I think, one-tenth, one-hundredth of the, of the people in Massachusetts will be focusing on the Dayton game. <laughs> the rest of that state will be focusing on some game taking place in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll just leave it at that. Well, Dayton winner tonight, 72-66. They get a win for the first time in a decade, almost a full decade mm. here in a couple months uh, at GW. 72-66, Dayton a winner. They improved to 10-5 and overall, 2-0 in A-10 play uh, to keep pace atop the A-10 early, early A-10 standings. John Bedell, John Tisdale, and you. More of your phone calls here on Flyer Feedback after this break right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. This is the station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. WHIO Dayton Springfield. Your news starts now. Depend on it. It's 930. I'm Dave Daniels. Here are the three big things you need to know this hour. A father in trouble with cops after he crashes his new car in a parking lot with his kids inside. The president and Democrats make no progress at all toward ending the partial government shutdown. And our top story... Some snow in the forecast for the Miami Valley. A few isolated flurries or snow showers around this evening. I'm Chief Meteorologist McCall Vardags. Your exclusive WHIO forecast is coming up. Now WHIO triple team traffic after dealing with some slick roads earlier this evening. Everything looking good on your Miami Valley highways and byways right now. If you are on uh, westbound 35 from 675 over to 75, that five-mile drive will take you about five minutes. 
Our top story, the snow showers around the Miami Valley this afternoon and evening may just be a taste of things to come. As we look through the five-day forecast, there is the potential for an accumulating snow that comes on Saturday. That snowfall right now is still timing out and the track changing, so we'll pay attention to that into the coming days. But it does appear that we could see at least an inch of snow in most spots by the time this all wraps up Saturday night into early Sunday. Storm Center 7 Chief Meteorologist McCall Vrydags is back with her exclusive WH forecast in just a few moments. The president meets with Congress members on border security and Democrats say nothing was accomplished. He asked uh, Speaker Pelosi, will you agree to my wall? She said no. And he just got up and said then we have nothing to discuss and he just walked out. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer. We're learning more about a teen arrested at an area high school this week. The 17-year-old West Carrollton student accused of bringing a handgun to school will remain in juvenile detention. Judge Anthony Capizzi says new information discovered after the teen's arrest led to his decision. The judge did not reveal what that information is. Cops say the gun was found in the teen's locker. With local news every 15 minutes, this is WHIO Continuing News. A man's in trouble tonight after cops say he hit a pole while doing donuts with kids in the car. Officers say the man's Pontiac G8 GT struck a pole in the Kmart parking lot on Woodman Drive in Riverside. All three suffered minor injuries. Cops are also saying the man just bought the car. WHIO's Ron Otto. Cops say the man will likely be cited for reckless operation. Now with the most accurate and dependable forecast, here's Storm Center 7 Chief Meteorologist McCall Vrydags. Seeing a few isolated slick spots out there this evening as isolated flurries and snow showers work on through. Temperatures are falling through the 20s with wind chills in the teens. Later on tonight, we'll keep that slight chance around. Overnight lows expected down around 18 degrees. Wind chills by morning will be sitting in the single digits. Highs tomorrow will get to the upper 20s with a few flurries early in the day. I'm Chief Meteorologist McCall Vrydags in the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Latest scan of the live Doppler 7 radar. Some spotty snow showers and cold temperatures around the Miami Valley. It's 23 degrees in Xenia, 22 in Springfield, and 23 degrees in Dayton at 933. I'm Dave Daniels, WHIO Continuing News. Trust doesn't come easy. It's earned with gentle compassion. It's built through hard work and strengthened by tireless dedication. At Kettering Health Network, we feel the weight of your trust, and we honor it by dedicating our every resource into every patient, every single day. When minutes matter, it matters where you place your trust. Visit one of Kettering Health Network's 11 emergency centers and trust your care to us. Adults 50 years of age or better, you have an exciting way to learn about a broad variety of topics. The Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at the University of Dayton, offering fall, winter, and spring seminar series that meets weekly. Choose from seminars such as Earth's Environment, Past, Present, and Future, Adventure Travel 2019, Beginning Guitar, Workshop, Legacy Writing, and more. All offering an intellectually stimulating yet informal non-competitive environment. Call 229-2347 to register or learn more. 
Premier Health is proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics as the official sports medicine provider for 42 area schools. We treat more student-athletes than anyone else in the region. From injury prevention, treatment, and sports performance, our team of board-certified sports medicine and orthopedic physicians, athletic trainers, and rehabilitation specialists offer a comprehensive program focused on the goals of each athlete. To learn more or to find a Premier Health sports medicine specialist, visit premierhealth.com sportsmed. Premier Health, taking care to a higher level. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Call with your questions and comments now at 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into our Dayton studios. I'm John Bedell. He's John Tisdale, and you're you. Flyers fans here after Dayton winner tonight, 72-66. Dayton had lost four straight at the Smith Center in Foggy Bottom, but not tonight. They snapped that streak. Uh, Foggy Bottom has not been historically kind to this Dayton Flyers program. It was tonight, though. A putrid start. Dayton was able to overcome it. They were down by as much as 22. The deficit had ballooned to 22. It's tis they come storming back to win by six. 457-1290 is the number. You can call us up on the phone lines, or you can jump in our mentions on Twitter. I am at WHIO. Tizzy is at John Tisdell on Twitter, or you can use the hashtag Flyer Feedback. Michael on Twitter says, terrific game. Jordan Davis made the difference. He certainly did, pacing mm-hmm. all scorers with 25 on the night to lead the Flyers and everybody else on the court, uh, pacing Dayton to that 72-66 win. We mentioned the winning streak earlier. Dick and Dayton says you want to talk about the winning streak. What's on your mind tonight, Dick? Hey, how you doing, John? John, I think that was a remarkable combat, uh, comeback, John, what they were down. I was listening. I was kind of worried there, but, boy, that – that second, that was really a great comeback, you know? Certainly was, Dick. It was uh, one for the record books. Well, I don't know about the record books, but it was <laughs> a great comeback, and we thank you for the call uh, here on Flyer Feedback, Dick. Yeah, it was uh, – they looked as dead in the water as uh, as dead could be. With yeah, the they did not look good at all. Of that show. They did of not. Of that game. <laughs> uh, but they came storming back, and uh, they won. Ethan in Miamisburg. Ethan, what's on your mind tonight on Flyer Feedback? So – I feel like I'm about the only person that when I saw our deficit, um, saw us get down by 22 points, I wasn't even that scared at all. I wasn't even worried at all. I knew this team was going to come back, and we finally had a game that I feel like was coming out of Jordan Davis um, and Jalen Crutcher a little bit too, where – they finally made the basket that they kept that they've been trying to shoot at and trying to make all season. Yeah, and uh, Ethan, I love your confidence. I really do because <laughs> I think you probably were the only person that thought they were okay down twenty-two. But you're uh, you're right, Jordan Davis, uh, the reemergence of Jordan Davis, uh, as Anthony Grant called it. And Ethan, we thank you for the call here on Flyer Feedback. the The reemergence of Jordan Davis, Tiz, because we know uh, he can tend to be a streak shooter, but when he's on. He's on, and I've been a staunch defender of Jordan Davis because I think he's a really nice piece for this team, and I'm not worried about him. Now, has he been streaky this year? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Fine. Okay. Who isn't? Uh, good defender when he's driving to the bucket and when he's making shots like tonight. He's dangerous, and he's a nice piece uh, for this team. And a complete reemergent coming out party absolutely. for Jordan Davis tonight, pacing everybody with 25. Well, Brooks Hall knows this better than anybody. He said this several times, I think, during the broadcast. 
Brooks knows this as a shooter. You know, you just need that first shot to fall. And it seemed when Jordan got those first two three-pointers to go down in the second half, this was after. Let's remember this as well. Dayton had cut the halftime deficit to 40-30. to GW scored the first seven points to start the second half, and they were down forty. Uh, they were up forty-seven to thirty. You're thinking, "Oh no, is this going to be carbon copy two of what happened?" Jordan Davis hits two three pointers, had a steal and a layup, and we talked about Larry Hanskin mentioned the three steals. That was the first I thought really big play of that game that helped really get the comeback going in the second half. That steal and that layup cut it to 48-39-38. Uh, Cunningham gets two free throws. Trey Lander scores to make it 49-42. I thought those plays, Dayton, again, continued to chip away, chip away, and just GW was not making the shots that they were making in the second half. I think I pulled up the second half stats. Uh, I got to get that real quickly. But they yeah, were what, 26%? I think 26%, they, they were that's right. 50 from the they were field 50% in the first, in the first half. And, and 26 in the second half. 26%, 9 of 34 from the second half, 2 of 11 from beyond the arc. And it's just when the shots are falling, you know, they, they made their first nine shots, six from beyond the arc, and then 421 after that. So just you give Jordan Davis credit. He just needed maybe that one three to get down. Maybe yeah. that gets him going, at least maybe for the next couple of games. Shooters know that when shots go in, it builds confidence. We got a shooter on a hotline, our new partner, our new teammate here at Flyer Feedback. Former Flyer, still great. The pride of Miamisburg, Rex Gardecki. Rex, hey, how you doing? Hey, John, what a game. I'll tell you. A little worried in the beginning of the uh, first half and second half started out the way it is. But I agree with what Brooks said. You know, Jordan Davis is a shooter. You know, he's got to continue to shoot and get his shots up and he's starting to uh, play with a little bit more fluidity in his game. So it's a great win for the Flyers tonight. We talked about Jordan Davis on Sunday, Rex. Uh, yeah. I wonder what you were thinking as uh, even as, as it was, uh, you know, a terrible start. As they were making this comeback and as as we witnessed the reemergence of Jordan Davis, what were you thinking watching him tonight and pacing everybody with 25? Well, I think, you know, as, as my former coach, Coach, coach Donner, said, when you get 10 games in the season, 11 games in the season, if you're a 30% shooter by then, you're a 30% shooter. But now Jordan's starting to show that, you know, maybe he's sort of coming out of that slump. And as we talk Sunday, he's sort of a quiet kid, and I think or his teammates, really just sort of need to build him up and get around him right now, and he could be the key to the second half of the season. The This program's um, road struggles, Rex, are well-documented. They were 1-8 in conference play last year, and that right. win at Richmond was, as we've talked about, their only road win of, of the season at all last year. Um, I think it's a big maturation step for this team to learn how to win on the road. No doubt. Um, just, you know, your, your thoughts on them, you know, Taking, starting to take that step at least, and now they're 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 one for one on the road in a ten play this year. Well, they could have very well forward the tent, you know, when you're down twenty eight to four, twenty eight to six, twenty eight to eight. But I think with Coach Grant putting in Frankie Pacelli and and Dwayne Cohill gives them a little bit of extra hump and let the other kids sort of sit there and relax and see what's going on. And uh, even the second half uh, pushed by GW it didn't seem to phase the Flyers. So. I think this this is a gigantic win. This team could have very well folded the tent and said, "Let's get back to Dayton." But I think I think it's going to be a great flight back for them tonight and gets their sights set on uh, UMass, and we'll see what happens next week. And and Rex, one last thing too. I mean, in a game that Josh Cunningham had six points. If you oh would have told gosh, me yeah. this start, 
and showed me that Josh Cunningham would have had six points by the end of the game. Loss. You know, I, I we're chalking that up as an L. Me and Tizzy both. I'm sure you right. are too. I mean, that's another another facet where this team just, you know, you talk about the minutes that Policelli and Cohill had to chip in, meaningful minutes in the first frame. Just yep. this team could have folded, but they didn't in a game when one of their captains and arguably their best player, Josh Cunningham, didn't have himself a very Josh Cunningham-like effort. Right. Well, you know, he's going to see the doubles and triples all season, so he's got to learn to react and kick the ball out in certain situations. And when he does and we make those shots, that's going to be him, make him more effective and make him more effective. We kept on saying all preseason, Dwayne Coelho was a terrific scorer in high school, and uh, I think he's going to be more of a defensive player, but he's got such athletic ability. So he's going to come around, and the thing was you and I talked about Sunday with Jordan Davis, He's just got to get the niche and talk and listen to Brooks Hall tonight. You know, once you make that first shot, it's like being a, right. uh, a golfer and you make those first two or three putts, and boy, it makes a big difference. So hopefully now that we get Jordan back, get Jalen going on his right side, get Ryan, you know, starting to make some shots. And we know that Ryan's and uh, we know that Jordan's going to come through. So and Obi coming off the, uh, the bench, uh, I think it's a gigantic victory. It could have gone either way, and it came back. So it's got to give him a lot of confidence going into uh, next week. Yeah, with that historical streak they had going to Foggy Bottom, Rex, I think that had a chance to be a real deflator coming into well, UMass. You, but... you said with your uh, probably 1,200 people there and 800 people of the Flyers fans, so it makes a big difference. Yeah, it certainly does. It made a difference tonight. Well, hey, former Flyer Rex Gardecki checking in. Rex, hey, thanks for calling in tonight. We appreciate Thank it. Thank you very much. We'll look forward to seeing you. Sounds good, right. Rex. Thanks, Rex. It's been a really great addition to our Flyer Absolutely. feedback team. I've known Rex for just a couple of weeks now, but uh, really brings a unique insight. All the guys that do the show with us are former players. Rex has got the uh, additional insight of being a former coach. He coached for decades at Miamisburg High School right. sometime. It was right. Carrollton as well, but really a well-known uh, Flyers fan and uh, UD basketball alumni still in town and a local kid that's that stayed local Tiz. And I think Rex is, uh, he's got good things ahead uh, for his, uh, the reemergence of his broadcasting career. He, <laughs> yes. he did games for us back in the day on Channel 7 with the late, great Tom Hamlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're, we're happy to uh, have Rex Gardecki aboard. And it's another guy that makes us sound like we know what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, right. So that's a win in my book, too. Well, absolutely. And the other point that he made, and you, know, you mentioned the coach, Brooks Hall spent some time coaching. He made a good point during halftime. Is Dayton, what do you tell them? He asks the question when a team has a bad first half. He, he tells us, he tells the, the kids he's coaching, he's like, after a bad first half, did we do anything right? It's like, no, we're just glad the first half's over. So, I'm, I'm paraphrasing what he's saying. But that's the point that Brooks Hall is making. I'm sure... If you would have told Dayton has bad of a first half, bad 10 minutes as they played, and you're down 10 points, you're still in that game. And I think that's just where the difference was, just the mentality of it, and just everyone was rallying together. Again, we talked about also the team chemistry. It's just worlds better to where that was a year ago because they rally for each other, and they rally tonight, especially on a night where Josh Cunningham was off tonight, Obi Toppin had a quiet night. You had Cohill pick it up, Policelli picked it up, and Jordan Davis was just huge in the second half. John is in Troy. He's a frequent flyer here on Flyer Feedback. John, uh, what's on your mind tonight? Oh, you know what? Let me pick him up. John, there you go. Now you're on the air. There you go. Now, I I wasn't involved in any of the Twitter because I was watching that game on my cell phone. So it was preoccupied being on ESPN+. There you go. But, uh, you know, it's just a – I'm just amazed how – a team that's really not a good team like GW, how they could start off so hot. I mean, it was like I was having PTSD flashbacks uh, watching that start. 
But, you know, what, what impressed me about one of the things that I, I really like about Coach Grant is that he will switch his defenses around where, you know, we had luck the other day against Richmond using the zone. Well, it didn't work out that well today. So he, he got us back to playing man-to-man. And I, I like that, you know, in our, you know in, in our playbook to be able to switch to, to different type of teams are strong in certain things and weak in certain things. And I know next year with the, uh, the, the depth that we will have, you'll probably see more full-court pressing than what you're seeing this year. But I think it was a great win. It, 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 teach, it taught them how to win a close game and how to win on the road. Now, if we can just get, you know, not have any uh, flashbacks with UMass or, uh, you know. St. Joe's. Every every time we play those guys, it always seems like we're playing in cement shoes, especially up in Amherst. Yeah, and that's that's start, John. That's going to have to be something um, that they're going to have to avoid going forward because you luckily did tonight, but you, you can get away with that against GW. Now, somebody like the Richmond Rams or uh, St. Louis, St. Louis, Davidson. or Davidson, they'll punish your your behinds yeah, for doing that, absolutely. and you can't get away with that that funny business against the the upper echelon teams, even in this eight ten. You can get away with it with GW, even in their place, but uh, that's something they're going to have to clean up because they were just getting wide open looks with that zone. Now, to Grant's credit, they switched away from that zone. I did see some you know people upset about how long he took to switch out of it. Okay, fine, that's that's fair. Um, it's your opinion, but, but I, I do like to your point, John, that he is not, Anthony's not too stubborn that he's just going to say, well, damn it. I want to play zone. We're just going to stick with it for the entire night because I want to do that. He's, he's willing to switch out of that and switch it up to throw different looks at GW. I mean, the, 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 it was almost as if they flipped the switch when they switched to man. I mean, it really was. They just shut him out. That I think he did tonight. A lot of people have criticized him for, he, he called some timely timeouts, uh, when things were starting to get out of hand, there came a timeout, uh, and 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 that 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 was good. Uh, I, I you know it's just that you know I, this is a young team, and it's just it was so important to win on the road and, and and to win a close game. You know, a lot of times when you get way behind, you get you you can take the lead, but then all of a sudden you just kind of have a you relax. You know, you're like, oh, it took so much energy to get there, and then all of a sudden you're down six to eight again. But uh, they they hung in there and they got the wind and uh, you know we there's landmines out there and that was one landmine we avoided. So yeah, and that's as it, it, as I mentioned Sunday. You know, as my dad as a as a small business owner, when people ask him how's business going and he says he's swamped, he says yeah, but it beats the alternative. And tonight yeah. certainly yeah. beats the alternative. Yeah. Uh, you'd, you'd much <laughs> rather escape GW with that right. six point win than dropping one again at Foggy Bottom to a sub two forty Ken Palm team. Yeah. Hey. Uh, uh, John Bedell, I got one question. Are you happy yes. with Freddie Kitchens being the Browns? <laughs> I am, and and I like it because he did it the old-fashioned way, John. He earned it, and I have I trust John Dorsey implicitly. I believe in, and every baker, every baker needs a Kitchens, right? Yes, yeah. <laughs> All right. We got something cooking in the kitchen. That's right. So, that's yeah, right. I, I love the with food. a baker. Also, I am here for the kitchen puns, John. John from Troy, we thank you for the call here on Flyer Feedback. <laughs> Dayton a winner tonight, 72-66. John Bedell, John Tisdale, and you here for Flyer Feedback. It continues the home stretch of it on the other side, right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO.
Now the three big things you need to know. The top stories we're following this hour. The president and congressional Democrats still at loggerheads over funding for a border wall as the partial government shutdown continues. A Clark County man who shot a motorist in his driveway avoids prison time, mostly thanks to the victim. And there could be some accumulating snow in the Miami Valley forecast. You're never more than 15 minutes from Dayton's top stories. I'm Dave Daniels, WHIO Continuing News. At McAfee, we strive to remain a leader in our industry by realizing you, the customer, comes first. We also know your time is valuable. You should never have to take time away from what matters to get an estimate on a new system for your home. So now, like never before, receive a price instantly using our online estimating tool at mcair.com. Any season, any time. McAfee. I love hearing about the weather. It keeps me updated accurately, more in-depth and truthful. We heard from you, WHIO listeners, and we are not slowing down as we continue to bring you news that affects you in the Miami Valley. You have told us how important breaking local news, weather, and traffic is to you, and we will continue to provide the latest 24-7. You can trust me, Larry Hanskin, host of Miami Valley's Morning News and the Voice of the Flyers on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. I've been here for over 37 years, and I'd like to think I've earned your trust. You're listening to Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Call with your questions and comments now at 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Hey, Flyer fans, for the last time tonight, welcome into our Dayton studios. I'm John Bedell. He's John Tisdale. And you, uh, you Flyer fans, here for Flyer Feedback. Dayton winners 72-66. They uh, get a win over a... GW team that's been on the struggle bus at times this year. They were picked 13th in the A-10. There's 14 teams in the league, if you don't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this spot, uh, historically, Tiz, is, it's been well documented on this show over the years. Check the tapes. We got the archive tapes. Yes, we did. Um, it's, been, it's been a really, really tough place to play. This Dayton team has not won there in a decade. Since 2009 uh, was the last time mm-hmm. Dayton has won a game yep. at Foggy Bottom, but they escaped tonight uh, with a win after a just awful awful hot garbage start they were down uh, 22 they chipped away the deficit to get it to 10 at the break and ballooned back out to 17 mm-hmm. at one point in the second half but credit to Dayton Tiz they kept fighting they put all their energy into it and this team it might have been easier for them to cave it would have been easier for them to cave tonight Absolutely. they did not and they come away with a win they're now 10 and 5 on the year and 2 and 0 to stay keep pace atop the A10 standings elsewhere around the league uh, everything's gone final but UMass and St. Louis with uh, 57 seconds left in the first half St. Louis up 29-25 over UMass everything else across the league has gone final Duquesne 66-61 over Fordham the Dukes improved to 10 and 5 and 1 and 1 in A10 play the Richmond Rams, 69. LaSalle, 63. VCU is now 11-4, 2-0 in A-10 play. Also undefeated. Davidson, 61-56 over George Mason uh, in Fairfax. So a nice road win for the Wildcats. Yep. Mm-hmm. Davidson is 11-4, also 2-0 in A-10 play. George Mason drops to 2-1. Rhodey over Richmond, 78-67 in Richmond. So Richmond drops to 0-2. Rhodey improves to one and one, so they have split to start at ten play. Another team that people think might be in the mix yeah. in the top five or six or so. Yeah. And my goodness, Tizzy, a rough start for the St. Joe's oh, Hawks. Boy. 73-47. They lose at Bonaventure tonight. St. Joe's is now seven and eight and goose egg 0 for three. Yeah. In the eight. And they've gotten routed so in both. In all three of these games, Oof. 
Eben routes. That's, that's rough. Yeah, that is that's, not a good start for Phil Martelli and company. No. Not a good start at all. And he invented the game of basketball, too. You'd yes, think he did. You'd think he'd be, you know. Yes, he did. You'd think he'd be better at this. This has just been one of those nights where it's for, for your favorite in college basketball. I mean, look, you had Rutgers beat Ohio State. <laughs> you had uh, Ole Miss beat Auburn. Uh, although Ole Miss has got some, it's twelve and two, so they're not a, they're not awful. But it's just it's just been one of those nights in college basketball where it's just been one of those. You get the foot caught in the trap. You're lucky if you escape. Dayton escaped. The foot was caught in the trap, but they got out of it. It's all that matters. Right. Uh, you can call us up four five seven twelve ninety on the phone lines. We're gonna go to Sean and Oakwood in just a second, but I want to read a tweet uh, from Stephen Miami Township on Twitter because uh, these two dovetail nicely. So. Steve on Twitter says, Brooks said tonight he wouldn't be surprised if Obi uh, left us after this season for the NBA. Specifically, he said, quote, it's not if, it's when. It's entirely possible and a completely realistic take, but man, hearing it made made it real. Thoughts. Now, this is what we call in the business a transition to Sean and Oakwood. Sean, what's on your mind here on Flyer Feedback tonight? That is the perfect setup. It's a, right? It's almost like I've done this before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Brooks, you know, like I said, the, the, the tweet said Brooks was talking about you know, on the pre part of the the pregame about uh, Ob maybe you know turning pro, it definitely sounded like he thought he definitely would at some point. But he said even possibly after this season. Do you think that's a little bit early, or do you think that's realistic? What do you think? It's early for my taste. Tizzy and I were talking about this during the break, Sean. Uh, seeing Steve's tweet and then you know seeing the preview for your call here on our, our screen from our producer uh, Javon, and that I would say he is. Ob in my eyes is destined for the NBA. I don't think there's any question about that. He is destined for the association uh right now if you were to set the over under at three and a half seasons on the court for Dayton before he turns pro I would take the under uh I, I think I don't think it's going to be after this year I I tend to think if he stays in this trajectory I think Obi's gone after his junior year of eligibility I think he still plays two more here at Dayton but I mean if he if he continues on the trajectory he is on right now I don't think he's staying. We won't see him get to senior no. night. I really don't. He's he's that good. He's that physically talented. He's that athletic. And and these days, NBA teams are so about potential. And it's not a knock on Costas, but if Costas Anadokounmpo can get himself drafted after one year on the court, I'll be topping. I, I think oh, he's going to be a draft pick someday. I don't think it's after this year, but I, I do think he'll end up in the NBA, Sean. What about with all the bigs coming in next year? I mean, we'll be pretty well set, I think, with, you know, Ob, you know, even if even if he were to, to turn pro, I mean, you think we've got you know all the transfers and everything? It's crowded. Well, you got Shimanga as a big man. You got Sissoko coming as in a freshman, and you got uh, Chase Johnson, who's a forward. I mean, he can play anywhere. He's he can play the two through the four. Um, but size, with the exception of losing Josh Cunningham, and that's a big loss next year. But uh, with the exception of losing Josh, they've they've really got depth will not be a problem anywhere next year for the first time. No. Ever, but uh, yeah, but you'd like to have Obi in the mix next year, and I think he will be. But yeah. uh, they've got some good depth in in the front court next yeah. season. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Great, great win tonight. Yeah, hey, absolutely, certainly. Thank you, Sean, for the call here on Flyer Feedback. We appreciate uh, Sean checking in from Oakwood, and uh, yeah, that's one thing is that tis the cavalry gets here next year. Oh I mean, yeah, my goodness, with absolutely. with the addition of Chase Johnson just signing, uh, putting just pen signed. to pad and enrolling yep. now at school just a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. That's uh, huge. You get. Uh, uh, Shimanga, you get Watson, you get Chapman, you get Sissoko. You'll get Matos and back. Not to mention Jerry Matos coming back from his surgery uh, after that torn ligament in his big toe. So uh, you're going to have a loaded, loaded senior class. When that senior night rolls around, Tiz, if everything stays as is, you'll have six 
guys in that senior class. Yeah, absolutely. And Dayton has, and let's face it, probably for the last couple of few years, at least we know with Grant's year and even some of the Archie's years, this has not been a deep team for a number of years. No, Archie really only had the one team, and that was the Elite Eight team. No, you're right. the only really the depth he had, really. Yeah, it really was. You're, you're exactly right. The Elite Eight team was really the deepest team he had. And then, of course, you had uh, they kicked off a couple of those guys, and then really the only newcomer then the next year was Daryl Davis. And then, you know, you lose Jordan Seibert. Remember, Kari Price transferred right after the Elite yeah, Eight team. Right. So, yep. um, and then you lose uh, uh, Matt Cavanaugh and just – but, it, again, you lose – you're going to lose Josh Cunningham next year. Um, that that's a big loss. Mike Sell's still going to be back, it, but there's so much ball left to play this year. I mean, Dayton's ten and five, two and zero oh and eight ten play, but it just it comes down to UMass because now it's on to the next one, and Dayton's got to get ready for UMass because they beat them twice last year. This is another one of those get over the humps, and Dayton's got to get. I don't. Not only you got to beat UMass at home, I think this is the year they got to end that. They got to end it in Amherst. Yeah, and this is a this is a UMass team coming in tonight. After well, they're at halftime. They're down thirty two twenty five at St. Louis, and I would expect the Billikens to take care of UMass. Me too. This is a UMass team that's going to come in here right now. They're seven and seven, zero and one. We'll see what happens tonight against St. Louis. Tis the anniversary of that clunker was a year ago Sunday when when Matt McCall and company came in here, wiped the floor with Dayton on January sixth last year. Time for some payback. You you got to take care of the Minutemen. Absolutely on your home court yeah. Sunday. Well, that's it for us Flyers fans. We're out of time tonight. One more time, Dayton a winner, seventy two sixty six. Shouts to Javon Pippins, the man behind the glass tonight, keeping us on the air, flying the plane. Our next game is Sunday against UMass. We're on the air with the expanded Bud Light pregame show at two thirty. Larry and Bucky have the tip at three thirty from UD Arena. We will see you on the radio Sunday afternoon, Flyers fans. Until then, I'm John Bedell. I'm John Tisdale. We're saying thanks for listening, everybody, and go, go Flyers. Flyers. From our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.